0: side of the red line, Dallas Stars Podcast. Here is your host, Sean Shapiro. Well, the, uh, the car cast will last longer than Kitch- Ken Hitchcock's uh, post-game presser today. Not if I quit right now, Sean. Yeah. I'm out. That's it. It's too short. No. We were, we've already gone too far, I think. <laughs> Should we start over? Is that already a terrible
1: start? <laughs> nah, it's fine. All right.
0: Uh, um, you can say, see, we've set a very high bar. Yes. So... Stars lose four to three in overtime tonight to the Washington Capitals. Ken Hitchcock obviously not pleased after the game. Um, came into the postgame press conference, didn't even allow Scott Burnside to finish his first question. Jumped right in, spoke for 19 seconds, and uh, basically very disappointed with how the third. What happened on the third goal? Now the stars got beat on the boards a couple times. Bad response to the goal where Alexander Radulov had just given the team a 3-2 lead. 4:07 left in the game at that point. Yep. Yeah, only 41 seconds between goals, and he said, and Hitchcock said, "Game over right there." So still could have won it in overtime. Jamie had a glorious chance. Mm-hmm. Saved by me with a blocker, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and, and where what Hitch is saying. Yeah, I see what he's saying too. It's it's a frustrating. It's a frustrating thing where this team is kind of—they keep trying to jump off that ledge to be to be a good team. Well, how about to be a good Hitch team too? Because yes. in
1: the past, let's let's look at St. Louis because they're the most recent iteration of the Ken Hitchcock team. If they get a goal in the last five minutes of the third period, they wouldn't even give up a scoring chance, let alone a goal at that moment. I'm sure it happened, but very rarely.
0: Yeah, and tonight, it, I mean, this is the. You talk about the, the key thing Mitch talks about is playing to the score, and another thing he talks about is the first shift after a goal, and, and they failed in those facets, yeah. being smart. Yes. Um, yep. And it was one of those where that final goal, the, not the final goal, the tying goal um, by Connolly. it's one of those where... If you just have one person step up and stick check somebody or make a play along the board, it's one of those where that can be a bad play overall. But you can bail yourselves out, and on top of that, and I'm not blaming him for, and I don't blame him for the goal because it was a bang bang play, but that's the type of save you brought Ben Bishop in to make. Um, just where you had your team's up late, you have a lead. Stars goalie tend hadn't been doing the past. That's why you pay Ben Bishop what you're, you are. You're a
1: goalie, and so you have a bit more of a an aptitude for watching it than most. So, Sean, a lot of people on my Twitter feed and our phone calls and our post game show on the radio on the ticket tonight were not pleased with Ben Bishop's performance, felt that Green out outplayed him. Do you think
0: that's a fair assessment? I think that's fair. I mean, it was. I, I don't want to. Ben Bishop. Um, ben Bishop wasn't bad tonight, but Ben Bishop was the second best goalie in the game. See, I think that I, I don't disagree with you, but at the same time,
1: I feel like that's incredibly harsh in the sense that, well, he gave up that goal, which you might want back, and uh, I know he went for the poke check on the Orlov goal and missed, and so that opened him up, where, which is, again... He stands in a butterfly. Maybe he doesn't give up that goal, um, but he did stop consecutive uh, shorthanded bids when the stars were a little bit sloppy with the puck on the power play in the third period of a two-two game. Well,
0: and I look at it. I don't think that Bishop played a bad game. I'm just over. I just look at it as for a goal you bring in and a goalie of, of what you were looking for when you brought him in. That's a save you need when you're up three when you're up late three two in the third period, where he's got a clean look at it. You need that save there. That's what that's how I look at. It. I don't think he played a poor game in any way, but you need that save. And on the flip side on the other end, Braden Holtby made the saves his team needed. How about that save on Hamhuis Oh, in the uh, period,
1: going left to right, getting across save there with a great setup. Oh, fabulous save. Or you could say, how about his glove on? In the second period, I'll seeing it's back end, in the slot, of the power play, and then yeah. what about the save on Jamie Bennett overtime?
0: All key moments for Holtby. it was very good. Um, and it, it was, Stars lost tonight, but. It was actually really entertaining hockey Great game. Great game. It was an yep. entertaining, odd game. Isn't from, it? from the neutral
1: fan perspective, which of yeah. course many that would be listening are not, mm-hmm. but they would have said this is a wonderful hockey game to watch two teams really going at it, back and forth, good play, some good goaltending on both sides. Yeah. The problem is, is that entertaining hockey is what we want to see. Mm-hmm but you want to see it with results.
0: Yes. It's kind of odd, I mean, there's some things in this game that you can't control. Like, the, uh, the Orlov goal was fantastic. That's a goal that's right. a highlight real goal that you'll see probably in the end of the year highlights in, in March and April. Sure. Um, but some other things that were just weird tonight where it seems like the officials decided that fights weren't happening. They were just roughing calls. It was kind of... Was it, okay and, with it, but it was odd. It was just odd. and. Especially how kind of they evened it out later, where the first time around the stars um, got the four, got the four, and the Capitals got the two, and the flips next time that they felt that Vrana really didn't fight back very much yeah. on Roussel, and then Roussel really didn't fight back much on on Wilson. And these teams, these two teams, don't play that often, and I have a theory, and it was something where. Uh, know I have no idea. We had to pronounce her last name, but Isabella Kierschpitten, who have the, the Capitals beat writer for the. I think it's the Yeah. For, but I might be totally, totally wrong. But we were talking about this and kind of the bit of our consensus theory on where the antagonism, the uh, angst—not anxiety, the anxiety—the uh, I can't talk right now. Angst. The angst between the teams came with where Russell the Capitals have TJ Oshie coming back in. It's his first game back from a concussion. It's his fourth m- documented concussion of his career. He's one of the most, well, he's, he's one of the favorites in the locker room. And when Antoine Roussel takes a couple extra liberties around his head after the whistle, that sets everything it off was for Washington. was late hit after an offside. Yes. But so that, and, and, Regardless of who it was against, yeah. that, that probably set But on, on top team. of with who it was against and his history and coming back, that's what kind of, take a look at, that's kind of what put Washington into sure. a further... Uh, Attack mode, for lack of a better word, I mean, because Verona had four penalty minutes coming in tonight. He's not a guy who is uh, typically Nobody going went to uh, he scrap there. To stand there. up for his teammate. Yeah, and sort of. Sort of. It was. It, it, it was interesting. Also, seeing the when the, the wilson roussel exchange um, later in the game. Looking at live, just how quick it happened. I thought Wilson jumped Roussel. When you see the replay, actually, it's Peak Antoine Roussel who jumps in and gets the first start. And it looks like Roussel. It looks like Wilson is. <coughs> it makes Wilson look like the bad guy. Right. And then up leading to a power play I saw Agitator against agitator. Yeah. They both play the antagonist
1: role well. You know, the interesting thing was. The the one I didn't have a problem with the way the referees called those two. The one that caused me to sort of scratch my head a little bit was the matching penalties of Wilson and Jamie Benn when. I thought Wilson being was sort of the third man in, in the crease on Alexander Radulov. Radulov was knocked over by one of the capital's defensemen and sort of being pinned down. And then Wilson came in, I thought, took some liberties to the head of Radulov, who was in a compromised position. And that seemed, uh, especially being the extra guy in there, to be a bit nefarious, if we might say. And the fact that Jamie Benn pulled Wilson off of his sort of beleaguered teammate and got a matching penalty for that. To me, felt like it was not really equivalent. But ultimately, not really the ultimate. Uh, it, not, the, it, how about that? It, ultimately, not really the ultimate. Uh, the project, it, it didn't. Wasn't
0: the decider of the game, but I didn't like that. The but, problem for me on that call was it was the refs. It was the refs counting the bodies on the ice. If, if I believe if that's We're five just on yeah, I three, I believe if that if it's not a power play situation to the stars, because the refs don't want to make a five on three, right? And that's and that's the situation where you and I have talked about it before, where the refs overly think about making they just they, make the calls. Yeah. And if you go, oh, it's a five on three. So guess what? You got to call it yes. the way it is. And so that yep. that was the situation where I looked at it that way, where that should have been they should have given the stars a five on three, in my opinion, and they they didn't give the extra, they didn't give the they didn't. The reason they evened it up is because they didn't want to take the another guy off the for Washington. Probably, but it, so you know what?
1: I think you just call it as you see it, not try to to manage the game like that. That's ultimately not what you're looking for from your officials. But, but look, it, the referees
0: didn't win or lose this game for no. either team, so no big deal that way. No. It, so the other thing positive you take from tonight? Like, well, the Stars lost, and they lost number nine. They pick up a point. They've got they Technically lost three, and they technically lost three in a row. They got points in back-to-back games, though. And this takes me back to something I was thinking about because I was actually we had a conversation with uh, with Barry Trotz before the game today, and he was talking about how how he looks at the NHL right now. You have to get four points every, and, and this is his philosophy. You have to get four points every three games, and it doesn't matter how you do it. It could Regardless be Windsor, yes. Time yes. It could be. It could be two wins. It could be two. It could be two wins and a loss. It could be a win and then, and then two, two overtime over losses. losses. And so, if you look at it that way, the stars. You've won, if you go and you beat Chicago on Thursday, and I'm just trying to spin this positive shit sure. right now. It's not a bad stretch you lost you, so you lost' gonna well, be Chicago
1: and Nashville they're going to go into the holiday break feeling very good about this yes. if they don't get any results
0: then there's going to be major questions coming out of the break correct so it's it's an interesting and obviously the holiday break this it's uh, the Christmas Eve Christmas Day and boxing day the uh, the league takes takes off uh, we actually had the uh, roster freeze go into effect I think in about 10 minutes from now okay. for the holiday roster At freeze. midnight uh, Wednesday. Yes. Both, uh, 12 a.m.? Well, actually, I guess at midnight Eastern, so 49 minutes ago, the roster freeze yes, so The roster freeze is now in effect yeah. we record this. Yes. And so we actually, I guess we should jump into that, just speaking of roster freezes and moves that were made before the roster.
1: Well, yeah. you know, it's amazing, so We almost didn't talk about it on the postgame show because we had so much of the game. The game was entertaining yeah. and engaging, and it was, it was it was a lot of fun. And then about halfway through our post-game show, we went, oh, hey, let's talk about the Jamie Alexia trade. because." Yes. It really was a big moment, is what we led into the game tonight, but then the game was so much what you hoped for Mm -hmm. that it seemed like that the electric train took a back burner.
0: Yeah, and... Go back for those who missed it. I doubt anyone who listens to this missed it. But Jamie Lexiak was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins this afternoon for a fourth round pick. Uh, It's technically a conditional fourth round pick in 2019 because Pittsburgh has two draft picks that year. But basically, the the, uh, Stars will get the better pick in the fourth round that Pittsburgh has that year. This coming draft it's
1: the 2019, which means not how they finish this year, but how
0: they in Minnesota finish next year the following season yes. the 18-19 season and it was so you have to wait a little bit for that one and so the trade was obviously kind of got lost a little bit in the uh, because Alexiak wasn't going to it wasn't like the Stars lost somebody who was going to play tonight I right. think I he think was probably going to be the healthy scratch he was, was anyway. going to be the healthy scratch um and so it was kind of lost a little bit by how, how good the game was and, and, and taking a look at that. But it's something we should talk about because it's this is something that the stars managing their defense and figuring out how to handle things. I mean it's been they had gone they've had eight defense they've had eight defensemen now. They started this season with it, they started last season with it. Um, now they're actually down to seven. After I mean, we go back to September and training camp, and the stars are at nine before they waved Patrick Nemeth, and he was claimed by Colorado. Yeah. So. They finally made some moves. Whereas the last couple years, when there
1: was that log jam, they just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Well, it got to the point, John, where I think that Honka's play over the last two weeks had cemented him. As he, it, when Mark Mathot comes back from his, in, his rehab, from his knee surgery, Honka stays. Mm-hmm. And so, in doing that, the team decided I mean, this is me speculating yeah. or sort of assuming how it was going that they decided that Alexiak was number eight. Yes. And so, because he was number eight, they were going to have to make a move, and it meant either putting him on waivers, yeah. which meant he would be claimed, because somebody would claim him for nothing or try to move him before that. And there had been some interest earlier, as Jim Neal told you yeah. today, with Pittsburgh. So if he's indeed the last guy on the depth chart, it's good to make that move. Yeah, and this move... Something for him.
0: Yeah, and this move is not one that means... It doesn't mean Julius Honka solidified himself in the top 6%. No, it, it, no it just, not at all. It just fact, means he solidified he himself, he himself in the
1: top in, 7. If comes back in the lineup, it could be Honka or it could be Stephen Johns, because the assumption is, is that the left side is going to be... Mathot, Lindell, Ampius. Yes. In some order. Yes. Maybe Mathot doesn't play with Klingberg on the first game back just because he hasn't played in a month mm-hmm. and, or in six weeks and they want to work him slowly. But at some point I expect him to play with Klingberg and you see the Lindell Honko
0: or Lindell John's return very possible. I like, I like. I mean, they didn't have a, John Klingberg had a rough night tonight, but I like Lindell and Klingberg together. It's yeah, the, and it's uh, also the, okay too, you could have yeah. a thought with John's and yeah. a thought with Honk with as well, yeah. but I, mean, I think ultimately that
1: you want the thought to play the, the kind of minutes Then that if that's the case, you're going to have to a little bit, he's gonna have to play more. Like, I don't think that they want
0: Hawkins to play the kind of minutes right no. now that Mathot would. No, but right off the bat, it works well because if you're trying to work Mathot back in, right? He need to slow mid, right? Yes, yeah. but so Alexiak, gave to Alexiak here, and it's something where the stars, you, if you take a look at the fact, they knew they knew Alexiak would get claimed if he was put on labors. Um, you take a look at Pittsburgh, where um, Jim Nill said that uh, Jim Rutherford in Pittsburgh had talked to him about Alexiak before. I, I read a story out of Pittsburgh today where Jim Rutherford had said that he had his eyes on Alexiak for two years now, actually. Um, so, well, I'll bet you that
1: there are multiple GMs that were well aware of the fact that the Stars had yeah. young defensemen that were on the fringe. Mm-hmm. They could be available if you like them, and you just scout those guys, right? I, that doesn't surprise me at all that people are watching.
0: Yeah, and. The value is the value is interesting just because it's it's something where it's frustrating when you take a look at when you have a first round pick and a high pick like that to have him depart for what he right. departed for. But it's better to get something than nothing. The value of him being a first round pick isn't the same now as it
1: was when he was a first round pick. Yes. In twenty eleven. So again, values change and that maybe is a disappointing thing for fans to watch to say, Hey, you had a, a top 15 pick in the 2011 draft, and he played 140 games for your team. But you want your first rounders to be around for a lot longer than that.
0: Yes, and it's also frustrating because it goes into a trend of the stars' first rounders from now uh, 2009, 2010, and 2011 first round picks of all left the organization right. and played a combined 143 games and for, for minimal return, by yes. the way. For yeah. the for yeah. them leaving. Yes. Um, you had one, you had Jack Campbell who traded for Nick Ebert, who Nick Ebert was not qualified after one year in the organization. Scott Glennie never... That was more about getting yeah. Campbell a chance to play somewhere else and, and saying, you know, give you a new
1: chance without the first round overall or yeah. top ten sort of.
0: And then Scott Glennie who just never... Who, Scott Glennie was a bit unlucky, both, both, it was both self-inflicted and a bit unlucky just with his because you have to perform, but he was also injured quite a bit, and he had, so he had, a, he had, he had t- a bad start to his professional career and then
1: really turned a, a new a chapter a page, turned over a new leaf, whatever simile slash metaphor you want to use. We saw it in the twelve thirteen, and especially in thirteen fourteen. Yeah, the AHL. I
0: think people forget that he, he became was, a very big. Yeah, people part forget of the AHL team's Calder Cup. You, you and I, yeah, you and I know this. I think people forget this. They don't. They probably, they probably don't win the Calder Cup without Scott Glenny. It's one of those things he's where he an he's a big he was, part. a big part of that team. Um, and then, obviously, now we have Alexiak traded for a fourth round. Uh... And I'll tell you what: if plenty had figured
1: things out, he figured out a change in his uh, work off the ice, you know, training and getting into shape, and the extra effort on the ice. If he had figured that out, I think a year or two sooner, he'd probably is in the Dallas Stars bottom six and a very effective player that, with speed, can score, can hit. Um, and it was part, like you said, uh, injury base as well. And it just didn't work out for him. And timing was very rough because other young guys like Richie, like McKenzie, before we even get to Jamel Smith and Remy Alley,
0: kind of passed him by in the food chain. Even Colton Sevier, for that matter. Even a guy we saw tonight. For example, say, Alex, Alex, Alex Chazon Alex at the time stepping yep. up. And, so. and Roussel, yeah. who wasn't even
1: drafted and just worked his way up. If those maybe don't fall into place or if
0: when he has, maybe he could have been I mean... Just uh, yeah, it was a tough story. Yeah, and so Alexiak now goes to Pittsburgh, where it could be a good opportunity. For, I think it could be a good opportunity for him. I think it, any other team could have been could be a good opportunity just to try to have a new page. Yeah, we saw we, we saw that with Patrick Demet, the player who has twenty four minutes another night with Colorado. Well just a chance to play
1: every yeah. night and not have to be stuck in that purgatory of in one, out three, in one. I mean that a chance to be a productive member of a rotation. Yeah.
0: Well, and the other thing to think about with the Alexiac trade now is with one of the th- I think key things I wanna harp on and just a big part of this this trade isn't made without the AHL, some of the AHL defensemen stepping up to a point where Jim Neal feels, feels confident that if Mark Mathot's knee doesn't work or doesn't fire and they need to doesn't, doesn't look good right away and they need to call up a body he right. feels confident enough with the group he has down there. Well, That's something and also Stephen John's learning to play the left side a little yes. bit as well because
1: if they have somebody get hurt, not on wood because we don't yes. want to see injuries, but if somebody on the left were to get injured I fully expect Johns to be the first one to move, be moved over there yes. on that left side because he's been playing and showed that he can
0: play it passively. I mean, I think everybody would like him on his right, but, you know, either yeah. way, it could work. Well, and if you look looking down to the AHL, you have Dylan Hetherington, who has made major strides this year, a guy who could be, who could play himself into that, uh, who could be part of the mix next year, who could be part of the NHL mix next year. You've got... Um, they really like uh, Jim and I talked today. He really likes what. Uh, and Brent Regner is not part of the long-term plans. But Brent Regner is a guy that, if an injury was to happen, and they they've got enough righties already, but he say they're play like, ten or fifteen minutes. He could play ten minutes. to fifteen minutes a night. They like they like the strides Gavin Bayruther has taken. They like the uh, they they like where Nicholas Hansen's game has gone. And uh, and this isn't even mentioning. This isn't even mentioning the guy who's going to come over to North America next year. And well, that's the that's big one. Is in, And that's and in, in, uh, Miro Eshkinen, who is the number three overall pick, one of the, uh, he's the star's top prospect, and could be, will have an opportunity to play in the NHL next season. Will be given an opportunity to kind of win that not, job. Not
1: guaranteed that but he will, be, but he, it certainly is going to be something that they'll look at and mm-hmm. give him a long look.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's a player that... With him coming into the fold, if the Stars don't win the draft lottery lat- this past year, if they don't win sure. well, and move into the top three and get him, maybe hold on to Tylexia. Maybe that's that's and another it, thing too. You just think about that. Where one
1: extra left defenseman that you can yeah. play, especially with Hamhuis's contract coming up. You don't know whether the Stars will be able to re-sign him if they want to, and if if so, for what how long how what term yeah. would he be looking for? You know, I mean. I'll tell you. Speaking of him, just briefly, he's approaching his 1,000th NHL game, which is a incredible accomplishment. So think about the fact that he's gone through uh, in his career a full lockout in 0405. He was a rookie before that, the year before that, mm-hmm. to the partial lockout in the 1213. Yeah. And the way the games changed in that time has been a lot. I mean, a huge, remarkable change in style. Uh, he's been able to do all that. But really, I think he's come along this year, and I think he's been even more effective for the Stars than last year. Last year, there were some games where I was, maybe it's the system, maybe it's the what the coaches were looking for. I just think that he looks so much more valuable for the Stars now than he did even last year.
0: I thought actually tonight he was maybe arguably one of the stars' best players tonight, and that he was great. I was really thought he really and Pattern great. continue yeah. to show
1: why they've uh, been a great
0: pairing. He was he was very good tonight, um, and he it's kind of and, and we can talk all about him. He's what he might what Ham Hughes might want to do next year because I mean there's opportunity there could be opportunity for him to get more money somewhere else or, than or, in Dallas or because. There's not a next year is not the uh, great defensive free agency market. It's the two thousand nineteen free agency market where right. where, where all of a sudden been, you have Dowdy and Carl. Yes. Yes. Next year he could be one of the top defensive free agents available. Um, if he money he, could be thrown if, his way. If, for if that. he decides to look into that. We'll talk about that at another time. Oh, yeah, yeah. To get kind of wrap everything up as we go forward. If you're going if you're going you're going into Saturday, say Mark Mathot is ready for Saturday. That's, I that's, think that's the hope. That's the hope the, that he plays before Christmas. Staff. Who comes out on the defense right now? How do you how do you handle how do you what what do you do playing well, Saturday? Think the first thing and is, is that whoever
1: whoever comes out, Johns will not play on the left. Yes, first and foremost. So the, the well, you I know think what the, the left argument, side will be if Mathak comes the in. The argument is, or the I think the discussion is, is it Johns or is it is it Honka? Mm-hmm. And that's the only argument I think because I think you leave Hamiussen, Patteron alone. I think you're, like you said earlier, I think Lindell and Klingberg should stay together while you get Mathot up to speed. Mm-hmm. So who does Mathot play with? Does he play with Stephen Johns or Julius Honka? I think that's,
0: it's one or the other. And it, and it comes down to how the coaches treat Stephen Johns, because it's one thing to be, if you say, oh, we look how someone's played recently, like, oh, well, Julius Honka has looked more comfortable so far recently. Well that's because they haven't asked Julius Honka to move to the left side. Stephen Johns was the person who they asked, well, to make Julius Honka better, we need you to move well, even over. even
1: before that, yeah. he, when Mathot went down, was asked to play with Jamie Alexiak, and he was playing with Lindell when Mathot was playing with Clinker. And I thought Lindell Johns was an excellent pair. They were playing second pair minutes and playing well. And I think that even before he was asked to move to the left side, and Hitch kind of alluded to that today, is that, you know, Johns has had to, the biggest biggest uh, transition or been affected the most by Mathot being out and it was before that even having to go to his left side because when Alexiak seemed to be struggling a bit it was Johns that was on the recipient uh, sort of on the the in the same part because he had to play with him and it wasn't working like it was when he was playing with Lindell so it's been a tough six weeks since Mark Mathot went out for Johns in that regard.
0: Yeah. So I, I, my guess, my, I don't know if this is what I would do or not, but my guess and my gut feeling is that Julius Honka is the scratch on Saturday, just based on. I think he has one more shot on if, if, if indeed Mathot's going to make it on Saturday. Uh, they're going to,
1: even if how well somebody plays on Thursday against the Blackhawks, could very well make it the last decision. Yeah. Right. I, I see what you're saying, and I think you're probably right that they. Give John's a shot because he's the older guy, the more experienced. Mm. But at the same time, I thought Honka looked pretty darn good on the power play with Klingberg tonight. I like that
0: duo up top. He did. He looked good there. So it certainly is interesting. Well, that's a uh, another edition of the CarCast. We will uh, two more coming up this week. Two more coming up this week. We'll be back on Thursday after the uh, game against the Blackhawks.